Well, good day, friends. Happy Wednesday to you. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Enough for Today. We are in Psalm 38, so join me there. And as you, um, as I begin my day, and you're probably in the middle or close to the end of your day, um, we're going through a difficult psalm, and uh, it's it's a warning. It's an invitation. It's it's uh, it's an eye opener. I'll just say it that way. And we're gonna we're gonna try to look at a high view of verses one through 11 today. So as you're finding your place, I do invite you to our on-site groups at Emmanuel tonight. They will also be, the auditorium group will also be live-streamed with Pastor Stephen. That'll be at 7 o'clock tonight, and then we're looking forward to a great weekend. We're beginning John chapter 2 this weekend, and can't wait to open this first miracle of Jesus. It's, it's going to be a great study together. John chapter 2, if you want to really get your heart ready, start marinating your, your, and meditating in that uh, passage. So let's take a look at Psalm 38. We got through about verses 1 through 3 yesterday, just the introduction of the psalm and contextualizing, framing the idea of being rebuked by God, being chastened by God, the nature of wrath um, when it's coming from God, the nature of God's displeasure. But in the big picture, David's dealing with sin. This is a psalm that teaches us what to do with our failure. And I want you to see see it through three lenses. The first is, it is a um, clarification um, on the nature of a follower of God and his own failure. And what does that do with our relationship with God? Does God cast us off and reject us? Do we lose our salvation? Clearly not, because David goes to God. So the clarification on the nature of God's wrath, the nature of our relationship with him when we fail. Our sin is not uh, pleasing to God, but neither does our sin uh, destroy our connection to God. The second thing this psalm is, is an invitation. David goes to God with his failure. The very failure that carried him away from God relationally and experientially is the same failure that's prompting him to go back to God and to seek God's mercy and God's grace. So, It's an invitation. Every one of my weaknesses, every one of my failures is an invitation back to God, to come back to him. Never run from him, always run to him. The third thing that this is, is um, it is a humiliation. And the reason I say that is because how humiliating would it have been for David to write these words and then that these words were preserved? David's failure preserved For all God followers, for all of human history, we all get to know that his loins are filled with loathsome disease. Like that's TMI. That's too much information, right? We all get to know um, exactly what David was going through. Uh, A reminder that uh, the heroes of Scripture are not perfect. They're strugglers. They're failures. They're weak. And really, Jesus is the hero. Really, God and his grace, uh, he's the hero. So it is a humiliation, and the humbling, the breaking of God in our lives is a work of grace. It is Him delivering us from ourselves. It's Him delivering us from our own propensity to wander, to self-destruction, to uh, famine, to to starvation of soul, um, to the, the bad places that our own roads lead. And that leads me to the fourth uh, did I say three? There's four. Okay. It is um, it is an admonition. It's an exhortation. 
So what did I say? It's a clarification. It's a, an invitation. It's a humiliation. And um, what was the last one? It'll come back to me. Uh, exhortation. <clears throat> so all four of these. And what is exhortation? It is the idea that as I read this, I can be warned of the real outcomes, the real results, the real path of where sin decisions will take me. And I can be forewarned. I don't have to try it out and figure it out myself. I can read passages like this, see the paths that others have walked before me, and choose to walk a different path. There's pleasure in sin for a season, but it's a short season. And then there's destruction. The wages or the sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. It is a destroyer always. And the grace of God doesn't just rescue me from the penalty of sin. It really rescues me from the power of sin. It gives me the liberty to choose to follow and obey my God. So let's read about David's suffering and we'll see how sin affects every, literally every area of his life. O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath. We read that, verse 2, for thine arrows stick fast in me. Thy hand presseth me sore. I think David was wise to see, at least this is the hand of God. And if God's still active in my life, even with rebuke and chastening, it means God still loves me. Hebrews teaches us that. Whom he loveth, he chasteneth. Okay. Verse 3, there's no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. He's very disrupted in his whole life. There's no peace. Uh, there's no there's no restfulness. <clears throat> Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. Remember, the parallelism of Scripture, especially Hebrew poetry, is that the first phrase and the second phrase often are uh, synonymous, uh, equal expression, equal alternate expressions, different ways of saying the same thing, which is how often Scripture defines itself. Thine arrows stick fast in me; thy hand presseth me sore. See the the counterplay there, okay? There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. So I would say there, there's no restfulness, there's no peace. Well, let's see what David says next. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. So you see the, the uh, parallelism of that. Verse four, for mine iniquities are gone over my head. This is why he came to God, because he was in so deep that he just didn't know where to go or how to get out. And my friend, the good news of scripture is that when you have made such a mess that you have no idea what to do, run to God and lay it out to him. Lay out those failures, admit those failures, embrace the humiliation that God's going to lead you through because there is a redemption. That should be the fifth one. That should be the fifth word that we categorize this, redemption, reconciliation, um, recreation. David comes out of this. For my iniquities are going over my head as an heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. I love it. Our failures, we were not designed to carry our failures for ourselves. We were not designed to save ourselves or to work our way back to God. That's impossible. We're in over our heads. It's too heavy. My wounds, look at verse 5. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. Look at the embracing. Look at the ownership. He's not blaming a previous generation. He's not blaming his parents. He's not blaming his neighbors or friends or other influences. He's completely owning his own foolishness. And he's openly admitting the woundedness that his decisions and his sin 
has created in his life. We don't know particularly what particular sin of David this is referencing, but there were multiple times in Scripture where David made some really bad mistakes. And of course, there's gaps. We don't have a day-by-day, 100% accurate record of, of all of David's life of sin. We know he sinned with Bathsheba. We know he handled his children poorly. We know he uh, married multiple women. So there were multiple bad, bad decisions by this man who was a man after God's own heart, which is unusual, okay? To, to, it's hard for us to wrap our brains around that. But David is owning his sin, his foolishness. Verse 6, I am troubled, always the result of sin, troubling. I'm bowed down greatly. It affected him emotionally, psychologically. He felt low. I go mourning all the day long. He was, he was weeping and crying and so- grieving. There it is, grieving. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease. It affected him physiologically. There were biological uh, effects to his sin. There's no soundness in my flesh. There it is, my body. I am feeble. He's weak, <clears throat> sore, broken. His, he's, sin has broken him in, in more ways than one. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. He is in a desolate, crying out for help, uh, spiritual place. And so, my friend, maybe you resonate with this. Maybe this is a invitation for you to come out of this back to your God and to see his heart of mercy and his arms are still open to you. Maybe this is a warning to you and to me that we don't follow the path of sin. Maybe this devotion today will stop you from making a really bad decision that uh, you're right on the verge of. Lord, verse 9, all my desire is before thee. So I'm going to pause here um, and we'll pick it up tomorrow in verse 9. But he starts to turn in verse 9. He's going to continue. We've got, oh goodness, uh, 21 verses to look at. But David's just laying it out in raw, open honesty before God. And because of God's uh, inspired direction in his life, he's laying it out for us. My friend, failure is not final. Never in the gospel is failure final. So be invited back into the grace of God. Be warned to the dangers of sin and trust your God today. Happy Wednesday. Hope to see you tonight. We'll see you tomorrow, if not.